0: Hi, Mitchell Levy Global Credibility Expert. And I'm excited to bring you this episode of Mitchell Levy Presents Aha Moments. It's with Ben Gay the 3rd. Just love saying that name. It's with Ben Gay. <laughs> you got to add the 3rd cuz that makes him distinguish from a credibility perspective. Uh he's an amazing man. It was on the the thought leader life series that we're we're basically bringing thought leaders thought leaders to life of who they are, what they do, how they get their brand out there. And Ben has lived the most amazing life in terms of who's mentored him, who he's mentored, uh, who's uh, been on his payroll. You've got to, you've got to listen to this episode. It is amazing. It is valuable. He's a living legend. And uh, look forward to hearing back from you. Please subscribe to our channel. Share with your friends. Thanks. Hi, Mitchell Levy, the Aha guy from Aha That, and welcome to episode one hundred and forty-nine of Thought Leader Life with my co-host, Lisa McDonald.
1: Ooh, hey Mitchell, how's it going?
0: <laughs> That's the Halloween. Woo hoo hoo hoo. Well, you hey. know what?
1: I still like to hold on to the Halloween. I've got two young kids, so I don't just kick it to the curb because it's you know, you guys are coming up on your American Thanksgiving, and then it's Christmas, and I'm just enjoying the Halloween thing a little bit more.
0: Awesome. Does that mean more candy? Did you have a lot of candy for Oh, homes? that's
1: gone, Mitchell. It was, Oh, so you had a
0: lot of candy, but it's now no longer. It's yeah. no longer. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and, and we have with us today a name that any American that's over 30 years old would know, but maybe not for what you're known for, but Ben Gay Third. <laughs> ben, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Thank you very
2: much, Mitchell. I appreciate it. Lisa, hello again.
1: Hello again. Nice to have you here. This is such an honor and a privilege for both of us. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And and Ben, I, I, I'd like to start off with just uh, the simple question, although it's so fascinating because everyone we asked has had a different answer. But what does legacy mean to you? Being remembered,
2: I would think, for something important. Uh Dr. Napoleon Hill was my friend and mentor, his greatest fear, and he talked about it with me. I never heard him say it in public, but he talked about it with me numerous times, that his greatest fear was that he and his work would soon be forgotten.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and, we know that's not true, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the,
2: that, the, the amusing thing about that is he told me that 50 years ago, uh, uh, over lunch one day and then several other times. And I said, oh, no, not not true. Well, in his lifetime, he was almost forgotten twice. He had his little run, and then it went away. And then a friend of mine uh, gave his, a copy of his book to W. Clement Stone. Clem Stone loved it, brought him back to life. And uh, when I met him in 67, he was sort of on the wane again. But, we, see, we didn't have... Uh, the internet and all the things now where everybody can pass it around. You had to hand a book physically to somebody. And uh, so I think his fears were well-founded, not on the content of his material, but uh, on the way we operated then. So today it's just a matter of being remembered. I don't have any real hang-up about it, but uh, there are people I know who are not remembered that should be.
1: Mm,
2: And uh, that, that sort of grates on me a little bit.
1: You know, I think that's a very key point, the unsung heroes, you know, um, because oftentimes people assume or presume that people who reach a certain stature or status or prestige or because they've birthed X amount of books, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily translate to legacy necessarily. I mean, I think they're all, it's all indicative of wonderful things and a person be of a certain caliber of mindset and passion and conviction and purpose. Um, but I think oftentimes, as you say, people get forgotten because perhaps they weren't necessarily even at that level or in the space of doing similar things. It's just right. people being great human beings consistently or uh, whatever.
2: My uh, father comes to mind. My father was a great he, – he was not without his flaws, but he was a great man. And I was flying into Atlanta the other day, and I looked down – where he lived, where I was raised, and I thought to myself, there, there probably aren't 20 people in Atlanta who know that he lived, because his he would be he was born in 1911, so uh, he, he'd have to be 107, and as would many of his friends. So now we're down to the kids, my level, who were influenced by him, and a lot of those I'm 76, a lot of those have passed on. So I'm looking down, I think I may be the only person here in Atlanta who's had a conscious thought about him in several years. But he never wrote a book, he wasn't a public speaker, you know, so he didn't have some of the little toe holes many of us have today. And then I feel inferior in that area because I grew up in business around Dr. Hill and Zig Ziglar and Earl Nightingale and so on. And there are times I think, well, they'll be remembered, but what about me? You know and and uh, A I don't care and B Gigi's forever my w- lovely wife Gigi's always remind me you've written twenty four books, you've written probably fifty to a hundred forwards in other people's books. A thousand years from now, somewhere there's going to be a book with your name in it, on it, or on the back of it, or whatever. And I say yeah, I guess that's sort of comforting. That wasn't exactly what I had in mind—an old dusty book somewhere. But uh, it's interesting and elusive. And I don't think you can really control it unless you cure polio or something.
1: Is that all you've accomplished? You're a bit of a slacker, Ben.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like a loser. <laughs> oh, I, I that's would say any, anything anything but I
1: No, I'm just joking, I, of course. I, but I've that's actually phenomenal.
0: heard phenomenal. It is phenomenal. And I've heard that before that people say you that there are three deaths. Uh when you physically die from this plane. Uh the second one is when your immediate family passes away. And the third one is the last time anyone who has ever seen, remembered you, or see you passes away.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And and I think one of those things with with the internet, with video, with the ability of pulling things together. I mean, what if what if somebody said, Hey, Napoleon Hill is is an amazing character. Give me some of the favorite quotes of the people who he used to hang out with. I'd mm-hmm. like to see Ben gay come up with that, right? That would be one of those things.
2: Yeah, and I wish I had done more of that deliberately, Uh, memorable quotes and so on. I grew up around, and I say I grew up, I met most of them in my early 20s, starting about 22, 23, and by 25, many of them worked for me. So uh, I didn't realize I should be taking notes every few minutes. You know, cause they were just the guys, they were staying at the house. My favorite memory of Dr. Hill is catching him at about two o'clock in the morning in his bathrobe, stealing ice cream out of our refrigerator. Uh, he'd gotten up, wanted something, you know, to eat. And so uh, people always say, well, what did he say to you over this situation? And I flash back to him leaning down, looking in the freezer uh, secretly trying to get ice cream in the middle of the night. Uh, they were just regular folks to me. And I got ruined by a guy uh, named Dr. Luther Brock. He was known as the letter doctor and uh, he was a professor at the University of Something in Texas, but mainly how he made his money was writing sales scripts and sales letters and so on. And like a gag writer, he would send me and several other people a uh, A list of memorable quotes he had come up with. And as best I recall, they were, maybe there were some good ones and bad ones, but I think they were all priced the same, $50 a piece. And I can tell you, if I really put my mind to it, of 20 or 25 very famous quotes you've heard of that Luther Brock wrote. And I either, I I never bought one. I think I bought one just so it looked like I was friendly and I don't re- recall what it was I bought but one of the most famous ones and I won't say it because extensions of him are in the business and using it I see it two or three times a day is one that I thought wasn't worth $50 because it was too long and sort of cumbersome you had to think about it probably the most memorable quote of the modern era wow. and and he paid Luther Brock $50 for it and it almost became a career. And that, in a way, I know this sounds odd, sort of soured me on it because uh, I knew where the quotes were coming from <laughs> and I knew they were $50 uh, and it I, it I just didn't warm to getting known for things. The few things I quote nowadays, uh, I sh- shouldn't say this, somebody will figure out what I'm doing, but I attribute them to a philosopher named Yagneb, Y-A-G-N-E-B. And it just says dash Yagnab. Well, Yagnab is been gay spelled backwards.
0: And, <laughs> Brilliant.
2: That's a, that's a, and only one person now that I've announced it, everybody will Ray Considine, old friend of mine, a legacy in the direct marketing industry. Uh, I quoted something from Yagnab and he wrote me back an entire email in reverse. No. Yeah. And that oh, was wow. his way of saying, I got it. You know, <laughs> I, call, I know who Yagnib is. So wow. but, so I'm not going to go down as a poet like Jim Rohn, <laughs> some of the people, Earl Nightingale and so on, who have these very famous quotes. Uh, you become what you think about. A comes out of the Bible, then James Allen mm-hmm. and so on. But Earl got it reading Think and Grow Rich by Dr. Napoleon Hill. Uh, he talked about it. He said, and there on page 143, was what I was looking for. was, you become what you think about. So his most famous quote wasn't his, it was four generations back.
0: Wow. Oh, that's funny. Right. Right. As a matter of fact, I I, I want to read one. We, um, we actually did a uh, aha book. So we have a platform aha that it's got 140 bite size quotes. So we actually took thinking grow rich and uh, and made an Aha book and and uh, and I'll tell you the one we're working on right now because an entrepreneur said, Mitchell, have you ever read Outwitting Out Outwitting the Devil? Right, and I go, no. He goes, it's Napoleon Hill. Like, well, this one has done so well, so let me read you an, an Aha message from uh, Napoleon Hill. It's Aha number eight. And if, for those that want to see it, it's at Aha dot pub slash Think Grow Rich. You can see 140 quotes from Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, and. This one is, life is strange and often imponderable. Both its successes and failures have their roots in simple experiences.
2: Heavy, as the kids say. <laughs> or as my, as my kids used to say. I don't know who still say. Here is my, this was given to me as a birthday present recently. Wow. My 73-year-old copy of oh, Think and Go <laughs> oh, Rich. Beautiful. And when I opened it, uh, there's Dr. Hill signed it. Oh my god! Uh, to a lady named Grace Dixon, who didn't benefit from it because the spine has never been cracked. Wow! wow. When it was handed to me, and I started to open, I thought, "Boy, that's tight." And then I realized it's never been cracked.
0: So, un- unfortunately, that happens with many books these days, um, right? <laughs> which is what I really love about having 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 us be known for some memorable quotes. And, and as you mentioned, sometimes those quotes may not be things that we originate, but rather we share of others. Yep.
2: I do a lot of that. But I try and attribute it to the correct source if I know the correct source. Thanks. So if, if not, I attribute to President Truman. He's gotten much wiser since he died. <laughs> uh, you know, who's going to check? I attribute it to President Truman. <laughs>
0: Uh, so you just come up with something and instead of saying unknown, you say uh Harry S. Truman. Got it. President Harry S. Truman. Yep. Anyone
1: who's deceased. <laughs>
0: and or Yagnib. Yagnib. Exactly.
1: Yagnib,
2: Yagnib. <laughs> is starting to get pretty
1: Yagnib.
0: wise. Wow. I, play I think we should produce a book. so so tell me your favorite favorite inspirational quote. When it every now and then when you when you're like feeling down and blue and you and you say to yourself something that sort of lifts you back up what who is it and what do you say
2: well two it, one comes from the bible although i didn't know that i thought i made it up because it came to me in the speech one day and it's just two words i am mm. and uh instead i will be i'm gonna be i hope to be and so on i am that's been a big help to me but the one that turned my head around and i think about it probably five times a week was written by ed danforth he was head of Purina and somewhere in a speech somewhere he said, and here's the common denominator of success. Uh, And it was successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do because successful people are after pleasing results while unsuccessful people are after pleasing methods. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I read that, I went, Oh, That explains a lot about my shortcomings up until that point. (laughs) I was always looking for the easy way, and that's what he was talking about. You know, if you're looking for the pleasing methods instead of results, you sort of go down the wrong trail. And then, for real, Harry Truman said this. It was in his book uh, or books, one of them. Uh, He said, what a man does on some great occasion – Will be determined by what he already is, and what he already is will be determined by years of prior preparation. Mm. So true. That was one of those where I went, "Oh." you you have to get serious about this, (laughs) you know, you got, uh, you know, when they came to him and told him as vice president, there was an atom bomb. He didn't know about it, even though he's vice president. And they said, you know, we have it and the war is at this point and so on. And what should we do? And he, he said, uh, you know, what are the options? Well, one of the options was to firebomb Japan and then invade it and probably have 2 million American casualties and Canadian and so on, but 2 million casualties, or he could put 12 men. I think it was in two bombers fly over and vaporize a city and see if that wouldn't bring. It. So he's, they said, well, God, how did you do that? He saw like that, you know, nothing to it. A, it was Math. And, B, he'd had years of prior preparation for that moment and that decision. He didn't sleep on it. He heard that they had it. He heard what their options were. And he said, drop it.
0: Hmm.
1: That's a good example to illustrate that point because oftentimes people get tripped up in their daily lives with, you know, sometimes over-analyzing or being too methodical. Um, Whereas, as you pointed out, and very good example to illustrate that, is, you know, if you're always thinking hypothetical or you're thinking bigger picture or if you're a visionary and you're goal-oriented or you're setting intentions or, you know, you're honing your craft, honing your mindset... Then when that day actually does come, you are well equipped and you don't Mm -hmm. have to, you don't have to waver on it. It's just an instantaneous, some people call that intuition. Some people call it, you know, honing the muscle mindset. Uh, Some people just call that a culmination of different things, but they're, they're implemented and they're practiced day in and day out and day in and day out to to the point where it becomes, really a a, a part of your DNA and it becomes second nature.
2: Dr. Hill used to sit at the end of my conference table. My my desk was a big conference table. I sat in the middle of it. He would sit down at the other end and he never interjected or corrected me in front of anybody else. Uh, But when we were alone, you know, if a decision had been up in the air or something, when the door would shut and everyone was gone, Dr. Hill and I are sitting there and he would say, take action. And, you know, occasionally in the beginning before I got the rhythm of our relationship, he said, take action. And I said, well, you know, this and that. He said, you can always correct, but let's get started. I thought of him when I started the 800 call center industry. 85 or 90%, whatever it was, of all Americans didn't know what a toll-free number was. Hmm. Uh, They thought they were still paying. So they yelled at us because it was long distance. uh, And they talked really fast because they didn't want to run up a big phone bill. So, but it's, realizing I was up against that, I had to build an industry and a company at the same time. And I started to hesit- hesitate. Dr. Hill had been dead uh then for 20 years, I think. Yeah, almost 20 years. and But I was. I remember sitting there in the office one day going, ah, do I pull the, you know, you flip the switch, you start $20,000 phone bills per line for one line, $20,000 up front, uh, plus overtime at the end of the month. So pulling that lever and saying, okay, flip them on was a big decision. And I heard Dr. Hill saying, Ben, take action. Mm. And it turned out that my original idea 10 years later, when I left the business was almost 98% wrong. Really? What we sold wasn't what I offered was not what they bought. So listening to the customers, we started making shifts and changed what we offered. All I was offering was a message service and a locator service for fellow professional speakers, Little did I know that most professional speakers don't do that well, couldn't afford an answering service, and weren't traveling enough for anybody to care where they were located. Uh, but
0: they stole true today. No.
2: <laughs> it, it, well, it is. It is. <laughs> exactly the same problem. There's just more of them now. So yes. maybe somewhere in there, somebody's got a little money. But, uh, and then we started the ad response business, charging by the call and started landing big accounts and so on, and we were off and running. But my initial idea was wrong. And if I'd thought about it long enough to figure out how wrong it was, we never would have launched the business. But Dr. Hill said to me, through the ether,
0: take action. Yeah. Beautiful. I think that's... Okay, Lisa, I'm sorry. No,
1: no, no, no. you go ahead, Mitchell.
0: I, uh, I, I think that's interesting when most people... Start their businesses and and present an idea. Is they're not ready to be truly listening to the customer and changing who they are and what they do? And that seems to be uh, based on all the stories you've you've said so far. And I've hadn't I, I this conversation is not even going to get close to what I really want to learn from you, Ben. But it seems to be a big piece of what you do of who you are. And that is, you're not afraid to go out there, offer a service, and then start listening. And your ability to close is your ability to listen and adjust to the audience you're working with is Is that a fair statement? And and what is that? Is that how you lived your life, or tell me a little bit more?
2: I don't know if it's how I live my. I'm butt headed. <laughs> uh, is Maybe, you know, I'm sure to, uh, Gigi, that's not one of my greatest attributes, but I'm buttheaded. My sister on Facebook somewhere the other day, somebody said, well, you know, he keeps, he said this or he did this or something. And she sometimes dips into business stuff with, with sister stuff that I don't really need. <laughs> I've deleted her comments on more than one occasion. Uh, but she said, I'll say this for him because they know she's, a loving critic of mine. She says, I'll say this for him. He's no quitter. Mm. Uh, you know, because started a business and I was wrong and got fired from holiday magic after I built the company to in today's month money, three and a half billion dollars and over a silly little dispute over money wound up getting fired. And, uh, Went to federal prison. I was—I prefer to call it—a guest of the federal government at a gated community, uh, and uh, so I've had all those setbacks. But if you looked at what what appears on the surface, there's no break from the beginning to the end. Uh, because while at Lompoc, I was—I wrote the closers part two, uh, longhand, and mailed it home a page or two or a chapter or two at a time. By the, by the time I got out, it was a bestseller. So, uh, and you you just have to take what you got and work with it. And under that premise, I don't quit. I just, I don't quit. It's not in me. Mm.
1: Well, based on all of that, this is, so this is what I glean. This is my takeaway aha moment from everything you just said. And you said it so beautifully and succinctly there, Ben. You know, for anybody, regardless of what it is they do, whether they can relate to our path and similar things that create commonality amongst the three of us or not. But I think if whatever it is somebody endeavors to do, I think if they do it with passion, they do it with vigor, they do it as you pointed out uh, in terms of the ether and how it was communicated to you, you know, not only don't quit, but take action. And I think, you know, sometimes we don't know how to get it right until we get it wrong. And if we get it wrong a few times, but we're still committed to keep going, and we really know that this is the path that we're on, and we're already invested, we're all in, if we continue to have the mindset of, you know, quitting is not an option, that is a non-negotiable, in addition to taking action, because if you're taking action, you can never go backwards, you can never, um, you know, you, you can never go down the ranks in your growth and your development. So, you know, if you're somebody who's staunchly committed to personal growth and personal development and really honing what it is you need to hone to, you know, call it be the best at what you're doing or just be the best improved version of mm-hmm. yourself, whatever you want to cite that or preface that as being, then I think this is this is where people are quoted this is where people make reference to napoleon hill x amount of years after he's already deceased um you know or earl nightingale um this is what Births these quotes or Jim Rohn or et cetera, et cetera. It's that tenacity. It's that fire in the belly. It's the, uh, you know what? I don't care if people think I'm off my rocker. I maybe don't have it all figured out right <laughs> now. You know, I, I, I might not have it all figured out. People can laugh all they want, but then when they start to see that you take yourself seriously and the seriousness that you place in yourself starts to pursue, uh, produce those tangible results, well, you know what? No one's laughing now.
2: Right. (laughs) And you come back every day. I mean, you You get knocked down, but you're back. This happened to you when uh, I left uh, holiday magic and uh, there was a few years gap in the middle where I was enjoying retirement. I had a good deal of money and they were paying me a good deal of money to stay home and be quiet. Uh, The, uh, then I decided to start the 800 uh, answering service business, call center business. And my mother we I don't I forget what she called me, I called her. We just happened to be talking, but I said, And so now I'm starting this uh new industry and she said, Have you ever thought about just getting a job?
1: <laughs> a J O B.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. somebody else pays you and you go to work everybody she had to describe it to me. But I remember saying
1: <laughs> What is do you that?
2: Think, yeah, who do you think you're talking to? I don't, I run things. Uh, that's just not what I do. I'm not above taking a job. I'm right. I've been offered some, I actually thought about cause the, the money and the challenge was right and so on, but it, she sort of summed it up. You know, have you ever thought about taking a job? Uh, and which my sister was referring to when she said he doesn't quit, you know, he just keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. And I guess that's, uh, It's good because there have been many times in my life where I could have curled up in a ball in a fetal position and uh, whimpered myself to death.
1: So we could have all the three of us we could have been laying side by side we could have all done that together sure. time. the buddy system the whimpering system yeah. <laughs> the fetal yeah. position
2: fortunately it wasn't a great decision it's not a moral strength it's just not in me you know some people are yeah. born and they can sing or some people can swim better we all go to the same swim coach but some people are better designed somehow for swimming and uh, my little uh attribute, if it is one, is I just, I don't quit. Many times I've, I've done major mid-course corrections. When you start a business and you're 98% wrong, mm. <laughs> that requires, but a reinvention
1: still, process or something. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but we were still in the same building with the same employees talking on telephones. I just had to change what we talked about. That was all. So, right. uh, and and people say, you know, uh, well, then you just, you've never quit. Here's a little secret. I've quit many times but I never told anybody about it and by the it's like mother teresa mother teresa at the end of her life admitted there was a 40 year period where she didn't believe in god hmm. but she kept showing up in the slums and feeding the poor and doing her job and until she believed again part of the fruit of her labor but forty. Mm. If Mother Teresa can go without believing in God for forty years, then I'm entitled to whimper a little bit from time to time. But I do it privately in a closet because it bothers the followers to see the boss right. <laughs> whimpering and quitting. So I just, <laughs> you know, it used to be a deodorant commercial years ago, and never let them see you sweat. Right. And uh, I thought I was watching a deodorant commercial, but I've. It's affected my life. Mm-hmm. I got all the problems anybody else has. try and catch me at it,
1: so would you say then, in terms of your legacy and how you wish to remember it um, would you would you succinctly say you know as if as long as people always remember that i it was non negotiable for me i'm i was Ben never quit. Like, would that be kind of if you could put that on your headstone or whatever your choice is for how you wish to depart this world?
2: Maybe on the headstone it'll say, We finally made him stop.
1: (laughs) You'll still go on.
2: (laughs) Johnny Carson (laughs) said, We'll never
1: see the end of you.
2: Johnny Carson said on his tombstone, he wanted to say, I told you I was sick. (laughs) Okay.
1: But, uh, yeah,
2: perhaps what I really want as a legacy is is to those who knew me, and I understand this will fade. There may be a book in the library hundreds of years from now, but uh, when the immediacy fades, I want to be remembered as a good and decent human being who was a good father and a good husband
1: and loyal
2: to his friends. I am loyal to a fault. If you and I are buddies and you get in trouble, there'll be two of us in the foxhole.
1: Love that. Well, and what I will say to attest to that, I mean, we've only done radio before, but based on the synergy and the connection, and of course we knew that this was going to be upcoming and here we are now the day of live, um, You've been very gracious. A lot of people who I have interviewed on radio or, you know, we've played in the arena of whatever it was we were dabbling in at the time, you know, they do their bit and I have no expectations. I'm just grateful for whatever, but then they dissipate and you never hear from them again. And we're busy. I get that no personalization, but you have consistently been supportive of me prior to the interview, since the interview. And here we are again. And you know what? I knew that that was genuine, and I knew it had nothing to do with the fact that you still had round two with Lisa and Mitchell here tonight. Um, I really gather that from your spirit. I gather that from the way you interact with everybody. Um, loyalty would definitely be something I would characterize of you as well, just based on this exchange that we've had with one another. You're a very, you're very genuine, caring, warm individual, and you've been well, nothing but you. lovely towards me.
2: So, Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I instinctively like both of you. Uh, <laughs> Thank I, I've told you that. Well, There are people I don't deal with. They, they wouldn't say all the nice things you just said. They've never seen a bad side of me, but they don't see me at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, right. I, uh, I am very good at disappearing. Uh, me too. Yeah, I can, you, I can make you what the Russians call a non-person. Area. You don't uh, exist to me. I don't care if you get rich or die, or it doesn't make any difference to me. Right. You just don't exist. I got some of those. Yep. But if I spend time with you, I care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, maybe it shows. I really appreciate oh, what you
0: said. Oh, it, it, it shows. Hey, I, I have a, a two part question for you. Because I, I, given what you said, I know what the first answer is. I'm going to ask you what, what's the most amazing thing you've done in your life? And and then, of course, after you talk about family, um, what's the most? interview,
1: Mitchell. Come on! No, no, no. no, no. And and then, and then, uh,
0: and then, also, what is the most interesting or amazing or thing you're most proud of in business? Those are so you can answer that anyway. But by definition, hearing you talk, I know it's it's family and and those close to you. So let's assume you don't have to talk about that and really on the biz, cause that, that really, I don't have to ask a question to know what I feel what the answer would be. So let's talk about the business side, For that part of your life, what do you, what are you most proud of? And, and it may even be something that never got anywhere, but you're still the most proud of it.
2: Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure if I thought about it all day long, I'd put out a list and this might not be what comes out on top, but in two, you know, knee jerk reaction, uh, the, uh, Thing that I'm uh, most proud of, as far as something I accomplished, uh, was my work at San Quentin. Uh, where I was an outside consultant going in Friday night at uh, five or six o'clock and then teaching to six o'clock Saturday morning, sort of an encounter seminar, scared straight in reverse. Young white millionaire goes into prison, scares the inmates instead of the other way around. And the reason for that is uh, when I was a kid mowing lawns, I hated to mow a lawn that didn't really need mowing, where you got down to the end of the line and turned around, you couldn't really see where you'd been. There was no achievement uh, I preferred grass about this deep at least even deeper so when I got down to the end and go wow look what I did that's amazing you know and uh, that's what happened at San Quentin and later at Lompoc I taught people at San Quentin how to get out of prison and stay out but I didn't listen carefully enough because I wound up at Lompoc <laughs> as, as a guest of the federal government uh, but in both places what I enjoyed the most was the progress I could see Uh, a guy named Jerry Matthews at San Quentin, ugly guy, physically ugly, because uh, his nose had been eaten eaten off his face by a rat when he was an infant and they didn't have the money to fix it. So you looked at sort of this little gnarled pile of flesh with two holes in it. He couldn't read. Uh, and was an, had he was uh, didn't play well with others, and in the course of the time he was in the, the the class ran twelve weeks and then we graduated. But many people stayed the whole five years. I was there class after class after class. Others came and went. But uh, Jerry Matthews graduation present to me uh, on the night he first graduated twelve weeks after I met him was he walked to the front of the room, which was a miracle, and spoke in public in front of five or 600 people, another miracle, because he said he would never do that. He'd kill somebody before he did that. And that sort of depressed me because I was the one I think that he was talking about he would kill. Uh, And he read a book to me, to the whole group, but it was a C. Jane Run, C. Spot Jump type book. But he read the entire book and I was sobbing. In the front row, mm. um, when I when when he finished, and, and I could go on and on and on with story after story after story. A gentleman that was on death row when I first got to San Quentin, he shouldn't have been, but through a miscarriage of justice, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't live in a good life, but he didn't deserve to be on death row. So I didn't meet him then. That's the only place in the prison I couldn't go without an escort. Uh, from that day that he walked into death row to the day he took the last 67 steps I pasted off from one of the back seats at the Crystal Cathedral to come up on the altar with me uh, and that was his goal he wanted to go to the Crystal Cathedral and speak because he knew I did that when I wasn't at San Quentin and so on I watched him take the last 67 steps and so and get up and speak which he wasn't fond of doing at the time either and then uh, I adopted, Gigi and I adopted a guy. This isn't planned, but I happen to keep stuff like this near me. A book called Don't Let Your Past Hold You Back by Lamont Bowen. I met him at Lompoc. He was an 18 year old drug dealer whose goal was to get out, stick up somebody, get three or four hundred dollars, and get back in the drug business. Uh, he graduated. I think seven years ago, we did a little bit to help that. Uh, Seven years ago from law school, second in his class, and now he's a successful attorney. Wow. And I guarantee you, had we not met, I'm not saying I did it, he had to do all the work, but I guarantee you, if we had not met, if I hadn't lured him into a public speaking class, and then a sales and marketing class, he would be dead or in prison for life. Uh, Instead, he's a practicing attorney. So those are the things I'm most proud of in in business and personal. (coughs) Excuse me, because I can see the progress.
0: That's beautiful.
1: That is. Mm. Well, and that just, I mean, that's just another layer of your colorful, beautiful personality because – you know, the I mean, I almost welled up there when you were talking about the first individual, you know, who...
2: Gary Matthews.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, and I think that's probably, I think back to people that I've worked with in social services, you know, you talk about drugs, you talk about rape kits, you talk about domestic violence, you talk about all those things, and... You know, so it's those moments when you know that you're making a real change in someone's life. And, it, you know, I, to me, that means more than getting a notable person on radio. Do you, you know what I mean? Those mm-hmm. people are going to fend for them. They're going to fend for themselves. They've already got their stick down pat. They're survivors. They're hustlers. They're grinders. They're already doing well. But when you actually interface with somebody who's come from the bottom of the bottom and they just, you know, they, they just don't know any better, but they're receptive to wanting to change. They don't necessarily have ever had a role model. Nobody's really taken the time to listen to them or they've burned their bridges with way too many other people. So now they're completely right. isolated. What you've just described there, that's legacy to me. That's beautiful, Ben.
2: Well, it was uh, an honor to be there to watch it happen. I didn't do it, I repeat. But, you know, sometimes if you're, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. I got, some people were ready and I happened to be the lucky one who got to
0: appear. Good thing Harry S. Truman said that. That's a great quote.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice, Mitchell, (laughs) nice. (laughs) <laughs> um
0: hey ben I, I it's i um i think even last time although we didn't get on the air it's mesmerizing to listen to you and and i'm honored to have had the opportunity but the half hour has come and gone so uh if uh if there's a question that you think we should have asked or or, or some parting comments you'd like to share uh could could you possibly do that
2: well, with all the lovely things you guys have said, Lisa especially, I'd like to stay another half hour and just let her talk more about how wonderful I am. <laughs> uh, but you know, if you got the time, Lisa, oh, actually, I've got of lots of time. <laughs> the. Uh, it, although it sounds like I got off to a quick start, there were some bumps along the way. Like when I got into business with Zig Ziglar, not with him, but we joined the same company on the same day in the same meeting. Uh, he got off to a quicker start. He was 18 years older, older than I was uh, and uh, had had experience. I didn't have much of any. And uh, so I look back at that time and I say, Oh, there's almost a year wasted because I thought, with my sparkling personality, I didn't have to learn any sales skills. Uh, And there are numerous spots along the way where assuming too much on just personality and luck was a big mistake. Mm -hmm. So I would say if I had to, you know, especially to your, it's never too late, but especially to your younger listeners and viewers, I would have gotten serious sooner uh I I sort of thought I was voted wittiest in my senior class in high school. And uh, of course the high school right before that I got thrown out of. So, uh, you know, you have your ups and downs. We have
1: something else in common. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Go but team I,
2: I would have gotten serious sooner at several points along the way, and and I don't mean dull and and dreary and so on, but I would have realized uh, what I chose to do with my life, which is selling and teaching other people how to sell, is a high-paid profession, capital P, profession, and I wouldn't have gone gliding through quite so much of it. I'd have gotten serious sooner.
0: Hmm.
1: So, if we do a full circle moment, and I hope you're okay with this, before we went live here, so basically what you're saying is, should I get off the bode?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be an inside. Any of the viewers and listeners, you want to know the background of that? Should we meet in person? I'll tell you. <laughs>
0: And Ben, for those actually who may want to ask you directly, how how can people reach out to you?
2: Oh, <laughs> listen, I have a high tech new thing. Uh, oh, which I misplaced. Here it is. Whoa!
0: Oh, how cool is that?
2: Go go to my website and sign up. Not trying to sell you anything, but go to my website. Of course you are.
1: You're the closer. Get, yeah. Well, it, it'll
2: all work out. Uh, and, uh, just give us your name and email and, and, uh, we'll stay in touch and then, and tell you about things from time to time. And then if you're interested in our sales training materials, this bottom uh, line, you go to stores.ebay.com slash books, R-O-N-Z-O-N-E books. And, uh, they have all of my material. At special pricing with free shipping. How can wow. they do that? Because Gigi, whose yes. maiden name is Ronzoni, goes into my warehouse and steals her material. <laughs> so she doesn't have a cost thing to deal with.
1: <laughs> I love and I, that.
2: <laughs> and no one in the warehouse yet has had the courage to say, Mrs. Gay, put down the books. Put
1: down the books.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you do it. Or I'm easy to, you know, people are always saying, I'm my God, you answered the phone. How is that possible? Well, I'm always first in the call rotation. If I'm on the phone, it's got to go somewhere else, but I'm first. Uh, I found that hiding from your customers is not a good idea. So you can just pick up the phone and call. Isn't that
0: amazing? There were 40 years of life that I know of where people would hide from their customers. And nowadays you could call anyone if they're around, they'll pick up.
2: Sure. Well, now it's a cell phone and the secretary has retired in many cases. Uh, But Ray Constantine was in my office one day and he had come up to visit when I was running the big company, the cosmetic company. And he he said, Ben, even though I'm older than you are, uh, I've learned so much from you. But if if you teach me something and I don't know the benefit or whatever, would you help me before I adapt it? And I said, yeah sure what and he said well when I came up here I had to go through security to get into the lobby when I got in the lobby with an appointment you all knew I was coming uh the lady there had to buzz me into the inner sanctum where I was met by your secretary's secretary who walked me to your secretary who then buzzed you and got me in and I've had similar experiences when uh uh, to phone you, I had to go through the receptionist, through your secretary, secretary to your secretary. What is the benefit you found in hiding from your customers? And I thought, uh, I can't think of one. So this is back in the days where you had phones that plugged into the wall. I buzzed Marty, my executive assistant, and I said, Marty, and secretary, supposedly, she was my boss, really. I buzzed her and I said, install a phone on my desk, please not through any reception switchboard, just on my desk. And when she did a few days later, uh, I published that number to 350,000, I think at any given time, distributors around the English-speaking world. And I said, if you need me, call me. Mm-hmm. Well, the phone didn't ring a whole lot, but the calls that did come through were quite important. And so ever since then, I'm, I answer the phone if I can.
0: Nice.
2: And if, and, and if not, and you go to voicemail, leave a voicemail message. I'll return the
0: call. So I assume that means you want to leave us your number. I will. 800-248-3555.
2: And have your credit card handy just in case. because <laughs> You're going
0: yeah. yeah. to sell something.
2: Yeah, I'm going to sell something to somebody.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Beautiful.
1: This is, this is the Zoom infomercial brought to you by Ben Gay, the <laughs> third. <Dulling> Buddies! <laughs>
0: so, Lisa, how would you summarize this session?
1: Oh, I love Ben. I really do. I just, um, I love people who can just laugh. I love people who can air their dirty laundry, but in a way that it's it's cathartic and it's inspiring Uh, and just, you know, and just being very humble. A lot of people with your success, Ben, want all that yucky stuff to go away, (laughs) just go away. But you know what? I think it's that stuff and talking about it and exposing it to the world and saying, you know what? I'm human too. And I've, you know, I've got flaws, but that doesn't mean that that has to be the script Uh, that dictates where you're going in life learn the lesson figure it out and get going make up for that lost time and do so by not quitting and by taking action that's what I got out of this in addition to the fact I just think you have a very beautiful very beautiful spirit
2: oh bless you my uh, somebody complimented me one day in a meeting and said, "You know, you're very humble for what you've achieved." And mm. it was back in Atlanta. I remember the, the the meeting room. I can picture the whole thing. My mother and dad had come out to hear me speak, and uh, he said, "You're very humble." And my mother said, "He has much to be humble about." Mm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and when and while we're departing here, we're we're saying cheerio. Ben's going to go do his dishes in the bathtub.
0: There <laughs> we go. So, Lisa, how do people reach out to you? Uh,
1: I appreciate that. People can reach out to me all over social media. You can reach out to me through lisamcdonald.ceo. CEO. You can reach out to me at LisaLivingFearlesslyWithLisa.com. dot uh, com. You can reach out to me at LisaAuthor.com. dot com. Uh, I'm all over social media. You can, uh, tune into my live show every Friday. Again, we showcase Ben not that long ago. Uh, podcast link is all over the place. I can be found on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Apple, uh, C-Suite Radio Network, the Contact Talk Radio Network, all over the place.
0: Here we go. Just Google Lisa McDonald and get everything you need.
1: And that's Mick, not Mac act? give yourself McDonald's.
0: a bone. McDonald's. This yeah, old girl's
1: going home.
0: <laughs> so Ben, I I enjoy this. I you're one you of get those. Out of it? You're one of those people that you could. What's interesting in life is is the different sorts of people you run into, and no matter. The experiences you had—some really positive, some really negative—and your success, some amazing, but you still have a mom that says, "Get get a job." Um, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and it's just—it's you're so relatable and so humble, yes. and your your legacy Real. to me is exactly the type of human. That we all want to interact with right just oh he's he's him and he's gonna tell you straight and he doesn't like he's gonna tell you if he likes you he's gonna tell you if you're doing something that doesn't work he'll tell you if he can improve something he will if you're interested right and it's it's that sort of component that is valuable it's the type of people I want to hang out with it's the type of world that I want to live in It's the type of world that I believe I want my son to live in and to execute on and I just so thank you for being you and for joining us I mean I
2: thank you very much
0: you're welcome.
1: Thank you Ben.
0: I appreciate that. hey for those who want to reach out to me, I yeah, uh, just sorry. google my name it. you
1: didn't give me a chance to ask a question.
0: Oh, that's all right.
1: How can we find you, Mitchell Lee? Oh,
0: thank you. I'm so glad you asked because I would have <laughs> forgotten. Anyway. Um, so, you know, I, I want to talk to you on the platform that you're interested in speaking at, so just Google my name, and I will be able to communicate whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Pinterest, Snap. Uh, I'll play with you on the platform that you want to play on. Uh, we do a lot of fun stuff, and for those that are interested in really highlighting themselves and getting their brand in the marketplace. That's what we do. And so the, it's the aha. That platform is a number of amazing books, including Napoleon Hill's uh, uh, think and grow rich and the out outwitting the devil is very cool. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, my surprise has been the wizard of Oz. We, we took, cause it's in the public domain. We took that content and that's pretty powerful as well is that my favorite and i think my favorite of of public domain books we took 140 irish proverbs and made that i'm irish and and so i think you'd enjoy that so i think it's a pub slash irish proverbs and you could read 140 irish proverbs and anyhow it it's been a pleasure and honor to to interact with you thanks so much for 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 coming, Lisa. Thanks so much for the introduction and bringing Ben to the show. And we have one more episode of the Legacy series from um, Thought Leader Life, and uh, and stay and then tuned. Then we're
1: interviewing you,
0: and it's oh, you got I'm, me on your I'm show, and I'm looking forward to that.
1: I'm interviewing. No, I we're we're doing another Zoom to complete the full circle. Like, oh, that's right. I forgot yes. about that. Yes, because we ah. opened up this whole series with you in, in interviewing me about my take on legacy and then we jumped right into the roster of guests and yes we do have one more guest remaining but we are not completing this series without getting your input as to what does legacy mean to Mitchell Levy
0: and oh, I noticed
1: nice. this is the one uh, segment uh, outside of the first three I didn't see you take your Snapchat picture
0: oh thank you for reminding me <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm watching you <laughs> it's hot.
0: Well, it's because Ben was so engrossing. I just I, – I, I was all in, so – but thank you. Yes. Okay. I got it.
1: <laughs> and thank you for not saying, say cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I love people who don't ask me to do that.
0: <laughs> you guys were great. Um, thank you so much for joining us, everyone, for, for participating. Thanks for another uh, – Great session of Thought Leader Life. We'll see you at the next episode. Uh, thanks everybody. Take care. Bye now.
2: Love to you both. Bye bye. Thank you.
0: This is Mitchell Levy, the aha guy from Aha That. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thought Leader Life, where I'm joined by one of our thought leadership co-hosts to create compelling thought leadership that will propel their status in their industry. To learn more about Thought Leader Life, go to thoughtleaderlife.com. And to learn more about creating and sharing your aha moments, Go to ahathat.com slash author, where you can also find a link to book a strategy call. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For
2: more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.